Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Nigro again with our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. As always, um, our heartfelt thank you to all of our followers, both nationally and internationally. Um, it's a privilege to be, um, a, you know, able to come into your lives and um, share our collective knowledge of, of mental health. And I appreciate all the comments and feedback and suggestions. Um, it, it's a, it, it's a great journey. It's, uh, something I look forward to every week. Um, as I've mentioned, I've become more diligent at preparing and making notes as I've realized, uh, how many followers that we have and people using this, uh, platform for a variety of different, uh, reasons, whether you're practitioners or individuals with a mental health condition, someone in relationship with someone with a mental health condition, um, a student. So uh, I try my best to talk in a way that uh, kind of touches everything. But uh, as you know, I can sometimes be uh, tangential. But um, Julie is not with me today, so you guys are stuck with me. Um, it's a very busy time in mental health and uh, psychiatric hospitalizations are up exponentially and the wait lists for, um, and, and again, this is one of the beauties of being able to talk uh, to people across the globe is the wait list for uh, getting in to see a therapist, a prescriber, uh, a neuropsych eval even uh, is upwards of some, in some places, a year to two to three years. And there are not enough um, good mental health providers, uh, and certainly there's not enough providers to, to help. And, uh, hopefully this, this platform is, uh, you know, a way to at least give information and try to demystify this, 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 this world of, of, of mental health, which is, um, is nebulous, but it's, 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 it's measurable and much more, um, visible and tangible, at least from the work that, that I do primarily with, uh, diagnostics and, and the small group of individuals I see for psychotherapy. So, uh, in the very sparse, uh, free time that I get when I'm not perplexed by, or overwhelmed by the anxiety of all the evals that I have to write, but I do get them done, um, I I was I grabbed the DSM the other day and I, I always like looking in the back of the DSM because there, there's cool stuff in there. Um, could maybe do an episode. They have a whole section on, on cultural disorders, um, which we could talk about at some point. Uh, but I wanted to talk about one because I I, I, I this should have been put into this current manual, uh, but I think there were a lot of other a lot of. Um, objections and pushback uh i think a lot of from e e economists and uh not necessarily the clinical world for a diagnosis that's under what are called conditions for further study which usually are the new conditions that li are likely to be part of the next version of the the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders we're currently on the fifth edition and um you know, like I said, I think the first one came out in 1954 by Harry Stack Sullivan, and prior to that, there were four diagnoses, so we we have a long way to go. Um, but this is one that I think that should have been put in, and this is Internet Gaming Disorder. And 
it's it, I, I I see this is it's kind of um, really across the spectrum from not just kids to to adults, and um, I you know I grew up playing video games and we still have you know PlayStation Five and Xbox Three Sixty and you know I, I you know my, my stepson or. Um, Stepson in law will, you know, you know, friends that come over. I usually play like the sport games like baseball or basketball. Um, but you hear these stories, um, about, the, about these kids who are just immersed in and even adults in, 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 in this fantasy world. And it, 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 I think it's gotten to a point where the DSM committee is actually proposed, uh, and came up with diagnostic criteria for. Not gambling disorder. That is a separate diagnosis. Or this has nothing to do with gambling. This is internet gaming disorder. Um, but this can also, you know, besides internet gaming, it this could be, um, you know, also at home gaming. Uh, you know, playing, you know, you know your your video games at home. Then you know, Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation, whatnot. So even though it's internet gaming, it it's um, it it's really across like all games except. Uh, except gambling. So, uh, let's see. The trouble is always reading my handwriting. Um, all right. So, the criteria they have, uh, preoccupation with, with internet games. Um, and really to the point where the games become the, the, the dominant uh, activity in, in daily life. Uh, this is, you know, playing 8, 10, 12 hours of video games. And I remember... Uh, God, a few years ago, I, I had bought because uh, all the kids are playing, you know, Fortnite and whatnot. But I had bought Call of Duty. And, you know, I remember Julie coming home like, "What? What? What are you doing?" And I, and I bought the headset. And uh, I, I, I did it more from a learning perspective. I wanted to see what you know, so I have some exposure into what my patients are talking about or what parents are talking about with their kids. Um, you know, it's. It's it was um, it was it was a quite an enlightening experience of listening to the language, uh, the intensity, um, even how you can hear husbands you know, yelling at their wives to get away from the screen, or you know people yelling uh, at their children who were young, like to to, to be quiet, and 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 the violence. Um, you know, if we haven't learned anything, I mean, social learning theory, I mean, um, you don't have to, you know, you don't actually have to, you know, this is the work of, like, you know, Albert Bandura, you know, you don't have to actually have to be in the experience, you could witness it and still replicate these these behaviors, so, the, you know, his work still plays out, and I, and I, and I see this a lot with kids who have this, this, this compulsion to spend their lives playing video games um another criteria is actual withdrawal symptoms with think about withdrawal what do we associate withdrawal with with substances withdrawal symptoms when the game is taken away and these these symptoms can be irritability anxiety sadness but there's no there's no physical there's no physical signs of like Pharmaco pharmacological withdrawal, but I mean, I have heard stories and parents of 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 kids. You know, that, that's enough. You know, you're on the game too much. You're this of throwing these violent temper tantrums, um, breaking their uh, 
console, uh, breaking their computer screen, parents having to sleep with the with the power cord in in their bedroom, uh, hiding the hiding the video game system at, at at someone's house. It almost becomes like a drug, and the addiction pathways, whether that's alcohol, drugs. Um, exercise uh eating um in so the addiction pathways are really all the same uh a third criteria is is tolerance uh the need to spend increasing amounts of time engaged you know tolerance uh with anything that we spend enough time doing uh we have to we're going to build up tolerance like just like somebody who says well i've been on prozac you know it's you know 10 milligrams for the last 30 years well it's like well it's a pretty good chance it's not working or someone who was on the course of, of addiction with with alcohol it starts as you know with one and then to get that same desired effect uh, they're going to need you know maybe you know 14 at some point um Another one is unsuccessful attempts to control the participation in internet games. It almost becomes a, a compulsion. It becomes almost like another limb, another arm, another leg, a, a, a necessity. And you know, in in working, you know, kind of you know, from like a behavior perspective, and and and, and helping parents. Um, you know, I've worked with parents, and, and I, I like the model by Russ Green, uh, the explosive child and the basket technique. And I've worked with parents on on developing uh, successfully, you know, implementing behavioral modification programs. And the irony with behavioral modification programs is the work really has nothing to do so much with the child or adolescent. It has really to do with the parent or the caregivers, because it's about maintaining those boundaries and and and, and sticking to them. Because um, once you give in, the ceiling becomes the floor. Uh, number five, loss of interest in previous hobbies and entertainment as a result of, and with the exception of internet games. This becomes like, again, an obsession. Uh, not hanging out with friends. Uh, and even with adults, I've heard them say, well, you know, we don't do it no, no more date nights. Or he's going out with his friends and they're, they're ordering pizza, they're spending, they're staying up all night playing, you know, whatever, whatever game it is. Um, you know, and I think this is the problem, you know, with, with, with technology, uh, you know, the United States, or at least, you know, here in Massachusetts, you know, it kind of went from, you know, go to the chalkboard or the whiteboard, whatever it is. And then here, here's your Chromebook. Here's your, uh, MacBook. Here's your laptop. Here's your iPad. And, and, and the kids are just given access, uh, to the universe and access to all sorts of stuff. And, 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 you know the internet is, is 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 great, but I think there's there's a lot of downsides to it. You know, independent of you know, I talked about social media a while ago. That's a, that's a separate entity in and of itself. Um, but when you're getting to a point of this immersion in playing games, uh, you know, I think kids really have a hard time. In adolescence, even separating fantasy from reality, uh, choosing you know choosing gaming over your family, um, and you know I, I've I've talked to families like, well, why don't you do this like as, as a family game? And you know when the, the Nintendo Wii was around, which I don't know why they discontinued that because I remember this term from back in. In Chicago, it was called rehabilitation, and uh, I tell people like if they have different uh, neurocognitive disorders, uh, even ADHD, processing speed, to see if they can get a Wii online. Um, I think I, I think we have two of them. Uh, they're great. 
uh, because you're doing so much uh, visual motor integration and it could help with coordination, especially if you get like the board or the pad. Um, you know, it's, so it's, it's, it was such a great uh, tool because it really helps in so many dimensions and modalities. But I think part of, again, my hypothesis, maybe the part of the popularity was it was kind of family fun stuff. It wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't, you know, how many kills did you have? Um, you know, which, you know, again, from, from learning theory, uh, a lot of these, this, this stuff is not healthy. These games are not healthy. Um, and, and the video games should not be a babysitter. And if I'm talking about a proposed, um, new diagnosis, uh, I think the, you know, there's people out there that, you know, when they develop, you know, put out the current DSM that said, Hey, this is becoming a problem. This is becoming an epidemic. And, you know, when you can get the new game uh, from Amazon, in, you know, sometimes the same day, uh, that, that's, that's the world we live in. Um, number six, continued excessive use of Internet games or just games in general, despite knowledge of psychosocial problems. Now, here's, here's an interesting one. And this is what you see with adults. So continued excessive use despite knowing that it's the that this stuff causes problems um and you know when you when you look at it as um i don't know if they should keep this diagnosis internet gaming disorder or internet addiction disorder or internet gaming and, and addiction disorder because you know when you're aware of the problem and you're 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 negating it in this this can cause problems in in, in, in parent-child relationships, can cause problems in, in spousal relationships, that really you're going to choose Call of Duty? Now, is it a problem if you're playing, like, you know, Monopoly as a family uh, on, on, you know, a video game system? I don't think that's a problem. Um, but if your world becomes so small and you envision, like, the guy sitting in his mother's basement with the, you know, the 30 you know, screens and, you know, headphones and, and yeah, I'm thinking like one, where's the, where are these people getting all this money for all this, uh, this, these, these games and, and, and systems. And it's, 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 it becomes, uh, uh, very myopic life. And, um, I've seen it really cause a lot of destruction. Uh, number seven, deceived family members, therapists, and others regarding the amount of internet gaming. Uh, so significantly minimizing how much someone is spe spending time. And a general rule of thumb, when, when we ask people in the mental health, like, do you like how much do you drink? How much do you smoke? How much do you do? The general rule of thumb, just to give you the kind of trick, is we usually multiply everything by three. So, I mean, I, I, I have had people who have, you know, taken out gym memberships. Uh, to go to be able to hook up and spend hours at the gym, not exercising, but to be able to hook up to the to the internet so they could use that. Um, they, people have become incredibly creative, and you know, again, this is very much like treating an an, an addiction. And yeah, video games are fun. Uh, you know, they can they they can get, they can be competitive, but I think when you get into these violent. Uh, games like like call of duty and um you know things are becoming more and more realistic and and you live in a world where you know this stuff really happens what you know what happened in israel and what has happened in, you know throughout history and has happened in different parts of the world i mean this stuff is real and to you know capitalizing on on, on people's fascination with with death and with guns certainly does not help um 
also the mental health field. And I'm not saying, you know, don't have fun, but and, and don't, um, you know, you know, don't don't enjoy it. But but, you know, keep it for, you know, in the, in the context of, of, of what it is. Um, number eight, use of internet games or any kind of games to escape or relieve a negative mood, like feelings of helplessness, guilt, or anxiety. So they're basically almost saying, like, this is a medication. This is a coping mechanism. Uh, no, you know what? No, it's not. It's not a coping mechanism. I remember when my grandmother died, um, and the first thing I did, that was my first experience with death, is I played, uh, it was the first Nintendo, and I remember playing uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out!, and... It wasn't aggressive. I mean, it's a, it's a fun game. It's on one of like the you get one of the Julie got it for me like one of these small like Nintendo games. They have all like the old school games on there. But I remember that was the first thing I did, and that was like a coping mechanism. It was just like my first experience with death. And um, but you know, to say that I'm using this to get out of a negative mood, and you know, if you're saying that the the video game gives you a, a better mood state than spending time with your family or your kids or you're leaving work early um, or, you know, this is where you get your euphoria from. I think, you know, that, that that's definitely a problem that needs to be addressed. It can easily spiral out of control. Um, number nine, uh, has jeopardized or lost significant relationships, jobs, educational opportunities, careers because of participation in games, people getting caught, you know, warned at work. And I've had people, you know, you get off, you know, you know, don't use this on work time. Um, even if it's on your phone and not even a company computer, but, you know, losing relationships, jobs, educational opportunities over video games. I mean, if you kind of look and step back, it's like, whoa, really? Let's, let's, <coughs> excuse me. Let's kind of, let's kind of have a, 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 you know, a, a reality check. Um, so, you know, the, the prevalence I think is pretty unclear. Um, and in the in, in the DSM, you know the the age is usually like like twelve to twenty, but I think it's probably even younger. Um, you know, risk factors are definitely uh, computer and internet availability uh, is definitely uh, a risk uh, a risk factor. So, um, you know, if you have a game and you have even if it's something older, it's still you know an object that can be utilized um adolescent males tend to be at a greater risk of developing this disorder um and it it it, it leads it can lead to so many functional consequences like uh school failure job loss marriage failure um you know it, it's it's really compulsive compulsive gaming um it tends to, to to crowd out normal social, scholastic, and family activities. Uh, kids show declining grades. Uh, eventually, sometimes they fail out of school. Um, and family responsibilities may be ne neglected. You know, if you're so focused on playing your video game, independent of what it is, I'm just using Call of Duty as a reference point, that's a serious problem. If you're losing your job and you can't support your family, you can't pay your rent or your mortgage, or, you know, your groceries have to be cut in half because you had to wait in line at... at, at um, What's the store? Uh, GameStop or Best Buy, and you're waiting out at night, at, at, you know, midnight, 12 o'clock. I think I'd done that a couple times when I was younger for Springsteen tickets, but I wouldn't certainly do it for a video game. Um, so I, I, I find it really interesting that, um, 
that this is you know up for further consideration and you know as 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 a potential and I do think this will eventually be be put in uh but but then you know the question is who who's responsible well um if you're talking about kids and adolescents I think that falls on parents because I don't know how many children have jobs that can afford to buy a $69 video game uh, I don't know how many adolescents have jobs that can afford to buy a $600 gaming system. So, you know, I think it, it, it when it gets problematic, uh, there's usually other co-occurring problems. Uh, I think ADHD, you know, people, and this is a common thing I get from parents. You know, I'll diagnose their child with ADHD and say, how could they, how could they have ADHD? They spend eight hours a day playing uh, playing their video games. First of all, okay, eight hours is way too much for a kid. Secondly, um, people with or without ADHD can't pay attention to anything that they're interested in. So that, that, that's a problem. And uh, so ADHD is related to this. I see, I think, see a lot of this with, with oppositional defiant disorder, with conduct disorder, with bipolarity, with disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. You know, the old axiom, everything in moderation. But, you know, when we get into this, 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 this book that we use, um is really uh is really concerning that it it it's a, it, I think it is a viable disorder and and one that I you know have have come across ad nauseum and when you talk to kids about you know if this is their you know their consequence is losing their screen time or um, not being able to play a video game and it, you know again it's like, it's like you're asking them to you know give me a lung I mean the 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 rea- the responses and I've seen it in my office the responses are so disproportionate to what 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 you're asking that you're taking it's like similar to like taking a, a kid's phone away it's like you're taking a vital organ that's you know, like like the respirator away that's necessary for for, for survival um but you know there's a lot of um you know they 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 they, they there's a lot of research behind this and they found about 240 articles um a lot of the behavioral similarities of internet gaming to gambling and substance abuse disorders. Uh, And I don't think, you know, I think it's important to, you know, separate, like we have alcohol use disorder, cannabis use disorder, inhalant disorder, phenocycline disorder. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, we have different, you know, it's appropriate to, I think, label them out. But I think this is a, a, a crucial one because, you know, this really starts early on in childhood. Um, and again, I, I work with adults and they just don't see it as a problem whatsoever, whether it's their kid. Hey, my kid's happy. What are you, what's the big deal? This isn't a problem. And you try to tell them this, this is a big deal and this is contributing significantly. And, you know, again, back to the work of Albert Bandura, social learning theory. Uh, look at the studies. You know, people learn. Observational learning is, is huge. You don't necessarily have to be in the actual situation to then replicate the behavior. You, you can watch other people engage in the behavior and see them get rewarded with something and say, I want to do the same thing. And even in, in his thing was really about aggression towards uh, what he had was a Bobo doll. And, you know, if I remember the study right, he had the kids go in and they the bubble doll and, and if they punched it, they got, I think, rewarded with a, with, with a pencil. And outside the room, there were other kids that were just watching, that just watching this. 
And then when, as soon as they were let in the room without any instruction, like, like the first group was given instruction to hit the Bobo doll, the second group had no idea, no instruction. They just went in when the kids were beating up, beating on the Bobo doll, and then seeing them rewarded with a pencil. As soon as they entered the room, they went right to the Bobo doll to start beating it. What, there, what, ev- what more evidence do we need that the this is this is a problem and this is a, an epidemic? And I'm not trying to condemn Sony or Microsoft or anything that like that because I think there's a lot of benefits to playing video games. I, I have a lot of fun with it, but when you're when you're in denial. Oh, and you when you realize that the, that there's problematic behaviors associated with it, and you still choose video games when you're cutting yourself off from society, and you're using this as a coping mechanism. Come on, seriously, a coping mechanism for eight to ten hours a day on, on a regular basis. That's when you go to therapy. That's when you get a neuropsych eval. That's when you maybe get on medication. But you know, a coping mechanism, I don't buy it one bit. Not when it gets to this extreme. Um, but you know. Great, you know, important things. Dialogue with with kids. Dialogue with kids about one. This is not reality. Um, you know, I wish that you know. I I see it. The kids who have the behavioral problems, they are exposed to this. They are they are playing these these violent games um, without any cross reference. Um, and I've had parents, and I've told parents, sit and watch with your kids playing. And I have had parents say one of two things. Oh my God, I had no idea. And other parents are like, yeah, it's only a video game. And others are like, yeah, they should be killing them. It's like, what, gee, what, what, what information are you giving people? And then you complain when, you know, a kid develops something more severe like depression, like, uh, you know, panic disorder, agoraphobia, bipolar, whatever. Um, but this is something that can certainly be, be, be stopped. And I think education is a huge part of this. Um, you know, I think it's important if schools, uh, incorporate some, you know, level of responsibility in terms of educating kids about, uh, use, definitely time constraints, uh, video games, I think for children and adolescents is, is a privilege, not a right, even though they think, they think the opposite, um, but what it can lead to can be a lot of destruction. Uh, it can be connected to antisocial personality disorder. It can be connected to oppositionality. It can be connected to violence. Because if you're getting rewarded for killing people on the TV screen, uh, I don't think it's that far of a stretch to say maybe I can't get rewarded if I do it outside the real world. So I at least wanted to bring this up because I I I I've, I was flipping through the DSM and I came across this. I'm like, you know, I've had several cases in the last few weeks. You know, the, this wasn't necessarily the primary, you know, condition, but uh, it definitely warrants uh, a podcast episode that I'm doing to bring uh, to light what I consider to be a, a, a growing problem, especially with with. Ch- uh, childhood and adolescent violence, uh, even adult violence, um, whether it could be linked to domestic violence, uh, other substance abuse disorders. Um, but I do think if it, it really fits, it really has the, the, an obsession to it, a compulsive nature to it, um, and, and definitely an addictive quality to it. If you're putting withdrawal symptoms in as a diagnostic criteria, uh, and again, like I said, with the withdrawal, I mean, you, you, when you tell someone you can't play a video game, it's like, it, it, it's like, it's unreal. It's like, seriously, this is how you're going to react? Um, so 
Anyhow, just want to throw this out there because not a lot of people are aware of all these other things that, you know, uh, individuals in the mental health field confront, but don't necessarily have names for it. But I have definitely alluded to this in, in my neuropsych evals, um, you know, as something to be conscientious of. And X always causes Y. And, you know, especially when you touch, you know, when you're getting into like behavioral psychology and, and, and learning theory, it is uh, incredibly important to realize that this is a, no, this is a new modality. This wasn't around when they had the, you know, the first, second, third, maybe, maybe around the third DSM. Um, but, you know, this, this is, you know, technology is, is, um, it's something that's on the forefront and, 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 we benefit from it, I think, but we also can be destroyed by it. Um, it, it. It's really about education and knowledge and moderation. And if you're a parent, please be mindful of what your child is 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 playing. Uh, I mean, I've had kids who have stolen hundreds of dollars from their parents. From you know, they've created Venmo accounts. They've created. Uh, you know, they've created bank accounts. I mean, incredible creativity. I mean, so they say, okay, it's a pretty good problem solving skills. Not used in the best direction, but it just it just points to the 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 the, the, com- the compulsion, and especially if you're in a group of friends, and your friends are in this these rooms, whatever they're called, uh, and being in that room is almost like being invited to the coolest party at the prom. You know, uh, you want to be in that room and not being in that room uh, is, you know, kind of makes the you know, person feel ostracized. And that's a whole different social component. Um, but I think we have a lot of work to do in terms of educating people and, and, and limiting the amount of time um, that kids are spending playing video games. And even adults, um, this is something that can be treated. Uh, it's, it can be reduced. Um but uh, education, open dialogue, uh, and 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 be vigilant. Um, and 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 back to that other criteria, number seven. Uh, one of the criteria is using deception, uh, basically lying about how much time they're actually spending on the internet. So you use the multiply by three rule. All right. Until next time, uh, feel free to reach out to me at psychologyunpluggedoutlook.com. Uh, you can get a hold of me through Psychology Today. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at psychology underscore unplugged underscore. And you can even contact me directly, 617-750-9411. 617-750-9411, East Coast Standard Time in the United States. Uh, until next time, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Hope all of you guys are well. Look forward to seeing those of you who are coming out from far away. Um, And that's it. Be well, guys. Bye.